Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of Catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. She is currently Victoria on the U.S. National Tour 6 of Cats and performing right now. So welcome, Hila Perillo, and thank you for joining me. Hello, thank you for having me. I am excited. You're the first person on this new cast that I've gotten to um, talk to. So you are currently performing. Like you, yes. we, are, we are talking in the morning, and you performed last night and are performing tonight. So yes. you are in the thick of things right now yes. of doing it. So before we talk about your kind of current tour, Tell me a little bit about your history with the show. When was the first time you saw it? You know, what was your experience with it? The first time I saw the show was on the VHS um, tape from way back when. Um, And I remember watching it a lot as a child. And I remember trying to do the White Cat solo and my leg just couldn't get there. And I was like, wow. Um, But I thought it was so cool. At first, I was scared because the eyes as a child, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is kind of scary. But um, that was my first experience with cats, um, just watching it on the VHS and being totally um, in love with the dancing and all the characters. So, okay, so this is, that movie comes out in 1998. Yes. How old are you when you're seeing that? Um, I think I was about eight or nine. And I was okay. born in 99, so. Okay. <laughs> so you see, yeah, so you, you're still, you're still like dusting off a VHS uh, play, or VHS player at that time. Like yes. you don't have the VCR open yeah. and you're, you're playing it. Okay. So you're seeing the, you're seeing the video eight or nine years old as a dancer. Like yes. I'm a, you know, you, you have to be to do this role. Yes. Um, and so that was kind of your your cue. Did you see it on stage before going on tour at all? Um, unfortunately, I did not. <laughs> no. Wow. No. Okay. That's okay. So I'm now I'm fascinated because so you've seen this you know this movie. It's mm-hmm. a slightly different production than what you what you do. How are like walk me through what you were told and prepped? Like uh, you know this this tour starts back up. How are you? given the backstory of your characters, how do you learn the show? Not just the dancing of the show and the numbers and everything, but how do you learn this is what's going on? Um, The lovely Chrissy Cartwright, who's been working on this since the beginning of Cats, um, tells us and briefs us on what all of our characters mean and what the show actually is, because people think that there's not a plot because it's chaotic all of the time, and especially with the revival, there's a lot of new elements involved. Um, so she kind of breaks down what everything means and how everything connects and what Grizabella, why she's there and why all of these cats have features and why Victoria is prevalent to the story and why all of these characters prevalent and how, like what a Jellicle cat is. Um, so that's how we were prepped um, to do the show. Um, but yeah. <laughs> wow okay so you get this like from chrissy mm-hmm. you get the whole rundown yes what is what does she tell you as victoria's backstory and then more importantly how much did you piece together of that when you watched the video did you catch any of what she told you um i did and i did not um i just thought victoria was this beautiful dancer 
but she actually breaks down that Victoria is a kitten. I did not know that. I just thought she was a cat. You can't really tell with the makeup and the characters, but um, she's a kitten. Um, she's romantic, innocent, unselfconscious, um, and she's actually finding her sexuality. Um, the original Broadway production um, is very sexual. Um, we've broken it down more into a more um, production kind of piece with the revival, which keeps to the original. But um, so Victoria is very um, finding herself and discovering um, what it means to be uh, feline and feminine. Um, and her fearlessness kind of connects into um, why she touches Grizz at the end. Um, but I had no idea. I just thought she was this beautiful white cat. And I think a lot of people don't quite connect the story um, with who Victoria is. They just see her as a dancer and they see her touch Grizz and think of her as this like white savior complex in a way. But I've made my own head cons to make that connect better. Um, but um, when I was watching the video and then I, Chrissy was telling me my story, I had no idea. I had no idea that's what it was. Um, mm -hmm. which I think is why the audience is like, why is this white cat doing all of this stuff? But it makes, it makes sense. Um, when Chrissy tells a story. Yeah. So you just said that you, you have some head cons to like tie things together. Well, yes. Can you, can you share those? Like what, what have you kind of added to this? Okay. Mine's, I don't know if anyone has, has ever had the same head con as I, but, um, I believe that Victoria was reborn from the heavy side layer. Um, there's a lot of, um, fandom that, uh, believes that she represents the Jellicle Moon, which she does, uh, just to clarify that she does represent the Jellicle Moon that all of the cats are obviously drawn to. Um, uh, there have been some like rumors that she's Grizabella's child, love child, but I, I, I tried to connect that, but it also didn't make sense because Grizabella is just, in my opinion, kind of older and this white, brandy white kitten. And I'm just like trying to connect that and I was like I think the being reborn from a heavy side layer um makes more sense and that's why old Deuteronomy is so fascinated with her um and then throughout the story um there are times that we're hissing at Gris and we're just Grizz and just upset that she's there but for me when I'm on stage I'm curious I'm like why is she here like I'm not actually hissing at her I'm just like trying to peek around the corner and be like, who is she? And why does she keep showing up? Because I'm the curious one along with Solabub, but I'm like, huh, why is she here? Um, and then when I go to touch Grizabella, who's played by the lovely Taylor Harris, um, love her. Um, she, we are both women of color. Um, and this is uh, one of the first times um, that two women of color in prominent roles are together. So uh, my head con is, that even though there are these rumors of a white savior complex, I am in my own skin as the white cat and I am another person of color lifting up another person of color to bring her off into a better uh, life into the heavy side layer. So those are some of my little head cons I like to play with, with my story. Wow. So that is a couple of things I hadn't heard before. I had mm -hmm. not heard the reborn from the heavy side layer. Um, it is pretty well documented the that Grizz being your mom is like one theory. Mm -hmm. So I was going to ask you about that. So you don't play it that way. You, you don't think that that's possible. Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. It depends on like what I'm feeling for the show just to keep me interested. Um, but it also just for me to connect it um, and how some of our castmates also connect our characters to each other. Um, I just personally cannot connect that I am Grizz's love child. 
for some reason, there's just something in me that's just like, I just can't, I just, I just think the being reborn from the heavy side air makes sense because old Deuteronomy is just so fascinated on why she turned out so pure white. And that represents the Jellicoe mm. moon. So there's like the heavy side layer, the Jellicoe moon. She came out pure white. She represents this. So it kind of connects that for me. Interesting. I, I really like it. I just had never thought yeah. about it that way. I think I spent more time trying to think about the family tree. Yeah. And so that's why I'm like, yeah, it could be mom. You could be monk, could be dad, you know, like yeah. who, who else? Like, cause that's the other rumor. Um, but that's, I, I think that's really interesting is that that is, so you think you were last year's choice. Yes. And then you are, this is your coming back to the tribe mm -hmm. as being reborn. Yeah. I love it. That's an answer. I've my, my, one of my big questions has always been who was picked last year, who's picked next year. Yes. And you've now answered potentially one of those. Mm -hmm. I, I know there's a lot of rumors of, or theories that syllabub was cause she's the youngest, um, which uh. makes sense in a way. Um, so it, there's always that bounce back between all of the castmates and I on like who, who came out last, like, was it me? Was it syllabub? Who, like, how does this connect? We, we love to play little head con games with each other. Yeah. And so I think like, I mean, I've slowly started to figure out, explain head con to someone who's maybe not a theater person. Um, I actually didn't know what a head con was until theater, um, this year. A head con is, um, kind of a story you play within yourself and with other characters to make, to, de to develop your own story. Um, it might not re it, we try and hope that it relates to the audience, but if it makes sense to us, then, then it will relate to the audience. So it's kind of like a little, uh, story you play in your own head to further your acting into your role. Yeah. yeah and so I, it's, it's so fascinating to me because when I first, got to like there's a cat's wikipedia fan page mm -hmm. and the headcon like section is i just kept calling the rumor mill i'm like this <laughs> is the rumor mill like this is all this crazy rumor mill stuff and there's stuff that's in there and stuff that's not in there and and it's it's exactly that though it's in a show like this where there is yes there's a plot as you mentioned but mm -hmm. it's loose it's mm -hmm. a light plot there is a lot of room for interpretation of mm -hmm. like things that are going to be unanswered unless you're chrissy you right. Know, or unless you're, you know, like one of the five people in the world that can like probably actually answer those right. questions. Right. Yes. I love it. So you were, here's my other kind of thing I wanted to ask you a little bit about, because, you know, you talked about how sexual the, like the nature of your, like your mm -hmm. role is. Did you recognize any of that as a 10 year old and how, like, were you, how surprised were you when you kind of got the role and started like hearing kind of, oh, this is what this is? Um, I did not. I did not see that as a 10 year old. Obviously, as a 10 year old, you're not really, um, you don't, you're not sure of what sexual um, things are yet. I mean, you know, women go through puberty early on that stage, but we're still learning. Um, so I had, I had no, no idea. I just thought she was doing this beautiful adagio, like solo. And then when Chrissy told me, she was like, no, you're having, you're having a moment with yourself. You're having a moment with yourself. Like it, it's beautiful. But the reason why you're like scratching yourself and then you go up into a split is because you're feeling all of the feelings that you've never felt before, because you're now entering into this teenage kind of uh puberty level and i was like oh in the rehearsal process i was like okay and then kim craven um uh, who worked with andy blankenbuehler and who is the i think the associate choreographer uh, i don't really know the professional terms for each 
role. I just, I just looked at, look at them as all of my directors. Um, she was giving me notes on it as well. And she said the same thing. And I was like, what? I was like, I just thought I was lifting my leg and then going into a split and then being like a little cat, but no, it's, it's much more in depth and much more sexual than I thought as a 10 year old. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I think this whole show mm-hmm. is a lot more sexual and a lot darker Mm-hmm. then I realized, even watching it as an adult, I mean, I, I never saw the, I, I mean, I, I didn't even know there was a VHS tape to watch growing up. I was not, I was not part of this world until mm-hmm. 2000, I don't know, 18, 19, um, when, when I started this. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know any of this stuff. And so when I saw the show in 2016, none of that, I didn't recognize anything. I was like, same thing. I'm like, oh, that's some really impressive dance. I can't do that. My leg doesn't go that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and but I didn't even think about it, and then all of a sudden you start like watching the show in detail, and you start like really looking at it. It's like, oh, she's having she she's having her mm-hmm. moment. Oh, it looks like they're basically doing it on stage. Yeah. Oh, the the ball is an orgy. Like <laughs> yeah, literally. It's I mean it's just every single thing starts getting like just slightly weirder and more sexual <laughs> yes. every time I kind of learn more. So I always it's, it's so fascinating because it's such a like your role is such a dance. Like it's, it's dancers, you know, it's like you're, you're, it's not always the Broadway person. It's usually someone that has a very, you know, technical Mm -hmm. dance background. And so it is kind of that unique thing of where you probably haven't been like, there's some people that I've talked to that have been in the cast who are like, they're theater through and through, you know, they, they, they know every part of this and they're like, oh yeah, of course I recognize some of that, you Mm -hmm. know, when I watched it as a teenager or later Mm -hmm. and, you know, cause they watched the VHS probably, you know, burn through them, watch them like thousands of times. And I'm sitting there going like, no, I, I had no idea that Demeter was abused. Like, right. you know, like that's, that you should, how am I supposed to pick that up? And when I can't even tell you who Demeter is the first time I saw it. Yeah. I had no idea any of the characters. I just knew there was a white cat. I knew that there was a Gumby cat, like all of the features that say their names. I was like, cool. And then I had no idea Grizabella was quote unquote McCavity's prostitute either. <laughs> I had no yep. idea there was that. And I was like, I just thought McCavity was just like a bad guy, like in every story. I didn't know there's actually like a story with him either. So it's it's just very interesting to see how cats unfolds. Yeah. And so I think I want to go back to one of your headcanons, which is you being last year's choice. So that's how you tie together picking almost next year's choice. Like that's why you mm-hmm. reach out to her first. That, yeah, because it's something so familiar to me, somewhere deep seated within my um, soul, I guess I would say um, that like, I'm like, why, why are we being so mean to her? Like, why, why can't we just accept her? Why can't we just, there's just something drawing me to her. And I think that's why people think that she is my mother because I'm just so drawn to her. And they think it's like a biological draw, which in a way it is, but it's more of like a heavy side layer, like Jellicle Moon draw for me. Like, I'm like, mm. I'm more drawing it from like um, the energy that I'm feeling from what I felt from being reborn and stuff like that. So that's why, so, yeah. Okay, I want to ask you another question because this again, this is a theory I've not thought about at all, which is <laughs> which is great. Um, what this will get to our final question, so I don't want to like get too deep into this, but what do you think was your? Have you thought about your rationale of why you were picked last year? Then I have not thought that deep into it. Um, that's going to make me think. Um, because whenever I think of cats, I just think of like the same production over and over and over again. You don't think of like, what was the Jellicle Ball like last year? Grisabella didn't come last year, like things like that. Um, I feel like Victoria in a way is a crossover of the sweetness of like a Jelly Lorem and Gus story, but also the fearlessness of a bomb ballerina. So whoever was a mix of that last year, 
who was reborn or who was um, sent up to the heavy side layer, I feel like is why Victoria came out pure, innocent, romantic, but so fearless and drawn to choose the next year's choice. If that makes any sense. It does. Yeah, I mean, completely. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it was your time because you are the ready to go, mm-hmm. you know, older Gusish type of story, but also with, you know, a little edge. Mm-hmm. So you get picked and then you come back as this, you know, a, a kitten version of that mm-hmm. between the two, which is why you're not afraid to go touch Grisabella mm-hmm. first. Yes. So fascinating. I, I think this is my why I still... I'm 70 plus episodes into the show. It's every time <laughs> I talk to somebody new, I'm like, I never considered. I've actually spent a lot of time thinking about next year's choice, but mm-hmm. no time thinking about last year's choice. Yeah. Which is really interesting. That's... So now I'm gonna now I'm gonna be sitting here thinking all day, being like, all right, who would I've picked last year? Right. Although maybe you can't really do that. Um maybe it's a cat that doesn't end up in the tribe. Like maybe it's a maybe it's a totally different cat. Yeah. And I mean, we've had to cut several cats too from the show even throughout the years so it could have been one of those like griddle yeah. bone something yeah. like that that's yeah. true it could be street tugger yeah <laughs> the wrapping tugger was picked he was picked or he was picked multiple years ago um there's one other rumor that i don't think like i'm curious if you've ever kind of thought about it this way but it's that your character's either mute or deaf oh i didn't know that yeah, it's, I don't know where it comes from. I think it's because you don't sing. Like, you don't have a line. And then maybe that's in certain productions that there's just no lines. And mm. so that's part of it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think, I don't know about deaf, maybe mute. I mean, um, because she does intently listen to memory. And there are some moments in memory that Victoria kind of turns her head and she's like, oh, that sounds familiar. Like, or like, mm. what? oh, what is that? Because I remember Chrissy giving me some like ideas on like how to react instead of just sitting there and watching Grisabella do memory yeah. every night. Um, so like there are moments like when she re- like mentions happiness, like I'm like, oh, I know what that is because I'm a kitten or like memory. And I'm like, for some reason that like is familiar to me or is foreign to me depending on the night um maybe mute i do say a few lines with like a group and i know in the 1998 uh production they she did have some lines so i don't know that's that's a very interesting uh theory on victoria yeah it's in the head canon rumor mill page Mm -hmm. um but it's also like if you watch the new movie she's the whole like story like she's the, the the essentially the the eyes you see it through so it's not the best rumor but it is one that's popped up a couple times and so i didn't know mute Mute makes more sense than deaf. I yeah. agree with you. Um, and I think it's just, it seems almost like an easy out because of the dancing number. It's like it's dancing heavy. It's so hard. I am not going to lie. The dancing is hard. I can't, like, I try try to sing through everything, but I'm like, Andy Blankenbuehler is really making the white cat, like, run marathons here. Same with Tantamile. Yeah. I mean, Tantamile sings, but I'm like, huh. I can't I can't imagine if um, Victoria had like a syllabub singing track, which I know that syllabub and Victoria are actually a cut track. So they're like a split track. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that. Like, what was that experience? I mean, we've talked we've talked now through all all the craziness (laughs) of the the plot. But um, talk like, what is the like, how it's it seems as someone who knows nothing about dance. (laughs) <laughs> it seems extremely difficult and extremely technical and like very mm-hmm. challenging. Like what is that rehearsal and practice? And like, was it harder than you expected? Was it like, you just said it's, it's daunting, like challenging, mm-hmm. but what is, what is the doing this each night? Like, um, it's like running a marathon. I will not lie. Um, they say that the Jellicle ball gets easier 
they lie. It is, does not get easier at any time. Um, and since like with the revival, things have changed. They added more, like a little bit more feature roles for, for Victoria, just so she's not like sitting around and like getting cold just so she can, can keep her body warm. Um, there are moments um, on stage that you kind of have to be like, okay, I'm going to breathe here. I'm going to take it easy here. I don't need to go balls to the walls. Um, just to, just just so I can prepare for the Jellicle Ball. Um, but it, it's it's actually quite fun. Um, I love a challenge. I love, because I'm, I'm a runner outside of dance. I love to run. I love the constant cardio. I love um, long running. Um, so it's, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot every night. Um, but hey, it keeps me in shape. <laughs> yeah. So um, you are, I mean, you're doing, are you doing eight shows a week still? I mean, yes. basically, yeah. And it's the one thing that I also didn't know until this podcast was about a rake stage. Are you no. doing rake stage in certain times no, no, no. or now? No, okay. not for us. I mean, we're in a different venue every yeah. week. So sometimes our stage is smaller which is difficult and sometimes it's um sometimes the flooring's a little creaky because of the flooring that we're on um depending on like where we are um so it, it's a little difficult um even without a rake i mean i can't imagine dancing on a rake i've heard so many things about a rake claire told me last night that like doing the victoria solo on a rake stage is the worst <laughs> i can't I, imagine i didn't i didn't know i mean like i when i learned what that was it kind of blew my mind because it's seems so difficult flat let alone doing it on an angle Mm -mm. and it's and then there's so many injuries it seems that comes from this there are quite a few injuries that come from uh just going hard every night especially with cats you're you're crawling and then you're sitting and then you're dancing really hard and then you're sitting more and then you're crawling um but thank goodness thank goodness for my athletic trainer and thank goodness for pilates because without it i'd think my body would literally fall apart um i'm very 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 uh self-conscious on my like longevity of my career so i like try throughout the day to like make sure i'm doing something to keep my body going so i'm not just doing a show every night just so like my body's like okay you're moving you're moving you're moving you're doing a show you sleep you're moving you're moving you're doing a show and sleep and then you're doing rehab so that that helps me get through the shows sometimes 10 11 shows a week wow. <laughs> on a split <Wow>. week <laughs> insane absolutely insane um there's one other piece i wanted to quickly go back to mm-hmm. that are you are you involved in green eyes and what is your take on green eyes what is green eyes <laughs> the begin the beginning of the show where you go where everyone goes out and scares the living daylights out of children we don't crawl into the audience or anything. You don't get to do that? Because tour? of oh, COVID. No. I know. We are so sad we don't get to go into the audience. They're, like Throughout the rehearsal process, they did brief us on like what each character would do or what they did before the pandemic. Um, but we haven't been able to do that because every single time we think we're getting over a COVID surge, a new outbreak happens. So that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I just know that that's yeah. like a traumatizing piece of the show. Yeah, it's so crazy because um, I know that old Deuteronomy used to come from like the audience. And now I, and, like I used to greet him, but now I'm just sitting in the wing waiting for him to walk on stage. And I'm like looking at the wing like an idiot. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. it's it's I'm kind of sad we don't get to come through the audience. I think I don't I don't know if I'd feel that comfortable being comfortable being that close to people's faces though 
Yeah, I mean, the, the minute you said it, I'm like, oh, that makes a ton of sense. That's probably a really good idea because, like, you don't want to have like you you're not going to be masked. Hopefully, everyone else is, but you're not yeah. going to um you're you're going to be close to be like that's an mm-hmm. unnecessary risk to take. Yeah, but it is a traumatizing part of the show is that it starts with eyes flashing in front of everyone's face. Oh dear, I and would scares I would people that. like none other. And so I'm always kind of curious if that's a like people have been punched people have like literally had people scared like i i just i didn't even think about that and old deuteronomy used to sit during intermission on stage is he still doing that they he doesn't sit the entire time um i know i was talking to claire last night and i think q who played old deuteronomy Mm -hmm. on um broadway he sat there the entire time and i don't think that was he wanted to he wanted to sit there he didn't have to but he wanted to, he wanted to meditate. He wanted to sit there the entire time. Um, but in Delacio, he doesn't go out to like five minutes to places and he just like walks on and then he sits down. He doesn't, he's not on there the entire time. Yeah. Cause Q sat there that I threw like threw me off. Cause I thought like the, you know, the lights come on and I was like, why is he still like, it took me a second to be like, cause he's actually still there. Is that a prop? Yeah. And he sat there the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then the second time I saw it, people went up and took pictures with him. Yes. And then, then he like, he starts the second act. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, how does he sit there for 15, 20 minutes? No water, no nothing. And then immediately start singing. Um, I, I, I don't know how Q did it. I think what Claire told me is that he just loved to meditate. He loved to be in his own zone and in his, in his own head during that time and just like be in character while people are coming up to him and stuff like that. And just to like be like kind of old Deuteronomy and meditation. So, yeah. Yeah. I, okay, I, can't imagine, I can't imagine just sitting up there for 20 minutes. I need my break. I need my, yeah. I need my snack. I need my water. <laughs> Yeah, as I say, it's such a physical and demanding show that it's like you don't get a lot of times. I mean, I guess unless you're Grizz, because Grizz is a 15 minute, like extremely emotional, mm-hmm. like 15 minutes on stage. Yeah. Um, but almost everyone else is on. Yes. And running and dancing and moving for for two hours and 45 minutes or whatever. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a, a long time. And I didn't even know that old Deuteronomy. I didn't know in the revival, they had him dance with us, which is kind of funny. It was, it was, it's really cute to see this big fluffy guy just like doing all the movement with us. But um, I had no idea until the rehearsal process. And I'm just like, dang, I could not do that in that big, heavy, like 30 pound, like suit. I would, mm-hmm. I'm already sweating in my like very, very thin unitard. I could not do that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I hope you're having a jellical ball. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, okay, I want to go into the rapid fire, and then I, I want to debate the Grizabella debate with you. Okay. Um, if you were not Victoria, who would you want to play? Like, if you could do one track, any male, female, forget if you're mm-hmm. capable of doing it, if it's in a vocal range or whatever, just if you could just say, I have all that ability for one night, who would you want to do? Oh, I have two. Um, Bomb Ballerina and Play-Doh. <laughs> okay. I, I think Bomb Ballerina is badass. 
I will always think, and she's my roommate. <laughs> I think she's badass. Um, and then Plato, um, obviously switching roles of um, my opposite. Um, and I know Aiden Pressel, he and I have been friends forever um, and partners forever. And I think it'd just be cool to just lift Vic all night. <laughs> I think it'd yeah, be so, super cool. Okay. So Plato is the one that you do your, your dance with because it's yes. changed over the years. It's not always Plato. Oh, really? I mean, there is an Admetus on the other tours, I guess, but I think Plato and Admetus are the same character to me. Yeah. Alonzo is occasionally the other one. Oh, oh, I, yeah. I didn't know that. It just, and there's 40 years. So it could yeah, have just I, been that there was not a, you know, um, a Plato or there might've not have been this, or they just renamed right. them. So it could just, you know, this, again, this is, goes back to the headcanon rumor mail page where oh, there's yeah. just a ton. Yeah. They um, okay. Around. Yeah. That would be fun. So not Demeter though. A badass bomb. Yeah. And, and then your counterpart. Yeah, I don't think I, I mean, Demeter would be great, but I think she's a little too crazy for my personality. <laughs> <laughs> a little skittish, a little challenging. Yeah. Again, goes through a lot of, yeah. of trauma that mm -hmm. I didn't realize until I started learning about this show. Yeah, she does. She goes through hell with McCavity. <laughs> mm -hmm. Who are your favorite and least favorite cats? Oh. Not actors characters um my favorites are misto and skimble and jelly lorem and gus those would be my top four my least favorite that's hard um ooh. sometimes i say it's rum tum tugger because i'm just like ugh, this guy again every night like he's such a ham um when my when my family saw it and when my husband saw it he's like man rum tum tugger is kind of a ham he's kind of he's funny but he's like all over the place um, I just, I think he's just like that annoying, like older brother that you're just like, like, come on, dude. Like, it's like a Hannah, it's like the Hannah Montana and Jackson. Like, I'm like, come on. Like, can you just, we're trying to get the story along. Stop interrupting. Like, but I think he's great. But I think out of all of them, I think Rum Tum Tiger, I'm just like, okay, can we get to the Jellicle Ball now? Yeah, <laughs> can you stop enough. making it about you? <laughs> like things like that. Yeah. Um, which is your favorite song from the show? Skimble Shanks, hands down, always. <laughs> Every time. It's Every it's time. such a um do you build the train yes. on tour right now? Yes. Okay. I'm still scarred because the light hit me oh. when I pointed into the crowd. <laughs> and I was not ready for that. And so I'm like, I do I it's the song has grown on me, but when I saw it the first time, I'm like, ah, I don't like this guy. I don't know who it is. And I don't even know who pointed it at me because it's not Skimbleshanks. It's Misto. It's Sorry. Misto. Oh, <laughs> I got to find out who, who did Misto in 2016, and I got some I got some words for him. <laughs> um, which uh, – here's my kind of last rapid fire, and then we can debate the, the, the three years worth now. I think we're going to talk about all three because okay. you've answered one of them. Um, but which uh, – which other, like, I always like to think about which other character could, like, be uh, the Victoria kind of track. So, like, which one, mm -hmm. like, which who else could have their kind of coming-of-age moment in your Jellicle tribe if it's not Victoria? Um, If it was female-identifying, probably Syllabub or Tantamile. Um, Tantamile and I do a lot of the same movements, but since Tantamile is a twin and she's psychic, it wouldn't quite read i think mm -hmm. but i think for syllabub it might but it also might be that like um she's she's like she's younger maybe than me so i think people would be like i think this is way too inappropriate for audiences um yeah. male identifying i feel like it could be um 
Tumble, maybe? Because I feel mm. like Tumble and Victoria relate in the way of how all of their tricks and stuff. So maybe maybe his like being like over flamboyant and like wanting to like flip all the time and be like, hey, old Deuteronomy, look at me. Like it's kind of like yeah. a coming of age kind of thing, maybe. Okay. Okay. Now let's get to the final question. <laughs> I've argued at length that I don't think Grizabella is the correct Jellicle choice this year. <laughs> so what I want to hear from you, and we can discuss these and I have some follow-up questions, I'm sure. Okay. You've established that you think you were last year's. <laughs> I would love to hear if you think Grizabella should still be this year or somebody else. And then I'd also love to hear who you think should be next year, depending on who you pick. Ooh, okay. Um, story-wise, I guess it makes sense that Grizabella is this year's choice, um, because after memory, she's li- literally walking away to go shrivel up, shrivel up and die. And it's just sad that she, like, if that was the case and she wasn't chosen, that she would just shrivel up and die and not be chosen. Um, but I am always a Skimble Shanks stan. I think he's overworked. I think it's time for him to go be reborn. I think, you know, he builds a train. He takes care of everyone on the train. He, he's kind of like the dad figure to everyone. Dad, grandpa figure. I don't know the correct age of Skimble Shanks, but I feel like he's just like, I need a break from the, these Jellicles. Like I need to be reborn now. Um, and next year's choice. Oh, it's- well, hold on. Before we go to next year, I, I kind of I want to <laughs> I I, I want to dig deeper. I like I mean I'm a fan anytime somebody says not Grizabella. So <laughs> I'm I'm for I'm for Skimble Shanks. I always had Skimble Shanks as the uncle. Yeah. Um, the kind of like crazy, a little manicky uncle. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the song's very fast. I think it's someone was telling me it's in a different, like it's in a uh, the. the the tune is quicker than most like songs normally are. It's like yeah. not a common, mm-hmm. common type. And so I, um, I, I like Skimble being choice. I think he is on the older end. Mm-hmm. So he kind of makes some sense. If you're old Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. what is your criteria for picking each year? Like how does Skimble get that Ooh. choice? Um, I think Skimble gets the choice from old Deuteronomy watching his experiences and seeing how his life has planned out. Um, I feel like Skimble Shanks, um, there is like a little bit of a Skimble Shanks and Jenny Any Dots kind of thing, but I think Skimble Shanks is kind of that like single father figure kind of guy, and he's just like kind of lonely on the railway. Um, so I think Old Deuteronomy has a lot of sympathy for him, even though he has this like big, like fun number. I think that compensates for some kind of like kind of loneliness. Because when you see Skimble Shanks, mm-hmm. Yes, he's with Jenny a lot, but I think that they're more like a brother sister kind of like duo than aunt and uncle. That's just just okay. my own little thing. Yeah. Um. Um. So I think Old is like, you know what? Let's let's. He has been overworked. He's a a little lonely. Let's let's bring him. Let's have him be the the next one. I like it. So your kind of old Deuteronomy criteria is merit. Yes. Like this guy's dessert. He's mm-hmm. put the time and effort into mm-hmm. the tribe. Yeah, he deserves it, and yeah. that would be very anti-Grizabella choice because she's left. Yes, so she's she's not put her time in and overworked. Well, she could be, but not for the tribe. Right. She, I know that her story is a story of redemption, um, but I feel like every kind of story in this sense is about redemption. And I'm like, what about the people that actually like work hard and like deserve things? And I know that there's like this whole 
stigma of like people who work hard and deserve better but don't necessarily get recognized for it are like the kind of people that are humble about it but I'm like yeah sure but like they deserve they deserve this like this other person sure they went through a whole bunch of bad crap but like come on like we need to stop giving sympathy for people who make bad decisions on their own you know I, I'm with you. I mean, I've been arguing against her for almost three years now. I, I do think the other thing, though, with her argument is that if the whole point is that you, especially like your character starts her being reaccepted to the tribe, why immediately send her away? Like, why not let her live back with the tribe for a year? Like, right. come back. Like, so that is kind of would be my answer for next year's choice. I think... I, I mean, some of us joke about that. We just like are just so tired of her just coming back. So just let's just get rid of her. Let's just get yeah. get, get her gone. Like, let's just be like, okay, she keeps interrupting our angelical ball and everything like that and our fun. So let's just like send her on her way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I do think like this is a hard question, especially with you doing it every night mm-hmm. is to like think about why she shouldn't be it when then you have to in however many hours from now go and sell yourself is that she should be the the choice here at the end so i kind of get that i um i i kind of i like skimble i think i think gus skimble there's like more of the older cats generally Mm -hmm. the ones that get that get the the most kind of time and choice of this i think we need another year of gus that's why i've always been like oh i don't i don't know if i can choose gus for you know this year because he's just like his whole rompus cat and things like that we need like he's the he's the kind of grandpa figure that you like look forward to seeing at holidays like Mm. he's like the fun grandpa that like is so he's grumpy but he's so excited to see um, and like tell people about his past life. That's why that's what the rumpus cat is, is he was the rumpus cat and like things like that. So I think we need another year of Gus. Okay. So now that opens up this next question, which is you, you go last year, Mm -hmm. Skimble goes this year. Who's going next year, Gus or Grizabella? Let's assume Grizabella stays back with the tribe and redemption becomes Mm -hmm motherly or you know comes back and is a good mm-hmm. member of the tribe who are you picking between the, t- the two of them or somebody else next year? i think old deuteronomy needs to go he's he's going See? on his hundredth year and monkey strap what chrissy told us is that monkey strap is his right hand man because he's training him to become the leader which mm-hmm. is why it makes sense that i touch grizz and then he learns from me and learns from old deuteronomy and then like that cir- circulates and then old Deuteronomy is like, okay, I'm content. I can leave now, you know, kind of thing. That's why that's what the whole story for us was told. Um, so I think old Deuteronomy, um, he's done his hundred years of work. He's done it. And I think monkey strap um, is more than well-prepared to be the next leader. Um, but if it would be between Grizz and Skindle. Oh no, wait, or- hold on. We, I, I'm happy that you picked somebody else. So how, how would that work? Does he just kill himself? I don't, I don't, Does he I, like assign I, don't know, strap? I don't know how he has lived 99 like lives or have gone through 99 wives I, that whole, sometimes I just don't even know the lyrics. Um, I'm like, he's old. He's the oldest one out of the entire tribe. So maybe he's the kind of, he just sends himself off and I don't know what the heavy side layer is, but like he just lays down and he's yeah. reborn. I don't know. And he comes back. And he comes back. Yeah. Okay. I so now you so you're going Victoria Skimbleshanks Old Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. Let's keep going. 
We got another year. Now Monkey's Trap's picking. Oh, Monkey's Trap. I think Monkey's Trap would probably pick Gus. I think Monkey's Trap, I mean, because they have their whole Rumpus Cat duet. And I think in a way, Monkey Strap and Gus have a very close relationship, unlike him and Old Deuteronomy. Um, so I think he would choose Gus. He's like, you know what? It's your time. I love you. You've been a super great grandpa figure to me. But I think it's time for you to like go. <laughs> so you've got is then Grizz. So you've got Grizz four years from now. I love this. Like, let's keep bumping her out. We can I pick think she else needs. She needs a. I think she needs to prove herself. I think like. Not everyone should always have to prove themselves, but after all of like, I mean, granted, some of her mistakes weren't necessarily her fault. She was under McCavity's um, powers or whatever, but um, I think she needs time to be with everyone and for people to like actually like hear her and things like that. So I think then after Gus, it would be Grizz. I think, and then, and then maybe Jenny. I think Jenny, Jenny's got her whole tap number. She's energetic. She's got, she's got like 20 more years on her. She, she can keep going, but. Totally. Yeah. She, she seems like she also has a pretty big role in like keeping all the kittens in line and everything that like, I think she's going to, Maybe in a couple years from now, someone can start like maybe you're Victoria is starting to take over or mm-hmm. some of the other like Bomb and Demeter are starting to take over. Like I think mm-hmm. her her only like being the mother is necessary for a yes. while, which is I think why it's hard to argue for her. Yes, it's it, like I understand that they need like a few female figures, but I think Jenny with her big tap number and like her energetic self, like she's she's got so many years left. Let's mm-hmm. not send her away yet. <laughs> yeah. Now, I am pretty confident that neither of us, I know I haven't, have probably ever thought about this. Who do you think went the year before Victoria went? Oh. It'll be somebody in the tribe, right? It'll be somebody yeah. that's that's back. Maybe whoever Plato was, mm-hmm. which is why they have that's, such a close connection. That was kind of what I was thinking. Is, mm-hmm. And I it just, as we're talking through this, is that it's your counterpart. Yes. And that's I, why you, yeah. he's kind of guiding you through the finding yourself mm-hmm. a year later. That or maybe McCavity. But McCavity is older, so I don't know how that would pan out age-wise. But yeah, it could all be, the crime. Yeah, it just could, aged him. It could be McCavity because it would be such polar opposite of what Victoria is. Like completely 360 or 180. Mm-hmm. It'd be completely different. So maybe McCavity. Yeah. One or the other. I love it. This is um, this has brought a lot of things I hadn't thought about, which I didn't think was possible at this show anymore. Um, with with how much I've thought and discussed it, but I loved thinking about previous years and multiple years down the road, and you know all these different kind of these these concepts to the show and the different headcanons that you you know that, that you go through and that you think through. Um, usually, I try to convince somebody that's doing it to like play something differently but i think you're you've got all these kind of like fun fun ways you're going Mm -hmm. about it so super exciting yeah it was super exciting for me to like think about what came before you know this jellical choice here so yeah awesome well thank you so much for joining me how can people like stay in touch with you on social media um my instagram handle is hyla mayrose which is at h-y-l-a-m-a-y-r-o-s-e um, I also have Facebook, but that's for 
close friends and family yeah. only. Sorry. And then I have a Twitter, but I'm just never on it. But that's just at Hyla dash um, M. No so. TikTok yet. I have a TikTok. It's just I don't post. I just don't post anything like great. I just like to be in Chris Salvaggio's uh, TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for hopping on, doing this while you're on tour and, and on the road and sharing some incredible, you know, new thoughts um, for for all the listeners to be able to now start thinking and sending messages on like, if you're listening to this, tell me who you think the last couple of years are and the next couple of years are, because I think that that is mm-hmm. uh, a very interesting debate. Yeah, very, very, very interesting. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thanks everyone else for listening to this episode of The Wrong Cat Die, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, thewrongcatdie.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.